0: Mambo Podcast. So, hello. That's another episode of Mambo Podcast. We are broadcasting from, from Tula. You, know? yeah,
1: coming at you coming at you live from Tula, from Banana School.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Banana School. By the way, you know that uh, Tula is an uh, official guns capital of Russia.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But
0: officially, do you know that no. what capital? It's it's Izhevsk. I've just checked, and I don't know. I've never thought that I I was sure that too late sort of a official guns museum but museum sorry it's a capital but actually
1: it's like like the weapons capital yeah of of Mm -hmm.
2: Russia
0: yeah Uh, Banana School yeah we are here recording our podcast Uh, I'm a bit and uh, nervous, and uh, today we are having our first guest on our podcast. It's uh, Julia.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They say they say um, they say you know in English we say two is a party, mm-hmm. three is a crowd. Yeah, and wow. it's about to get real crowded in here because we have our first guest. Yes, Julia, everybody.
0: Yep. <laughs> So,
2: Hi.
0: <laughs> uh, Julia Kuznetsova, she's a, you are a founder of uh, the school, right, here where we are um, recording this podcast, and we all work here, right? Don't you, Kateta? Right. <laughs> I'm
2: glad to have you here at Banana School.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, you know, actually, I j- I'd like just to start with a, just a sort of a friendly conversation, and then, but anyway, I've prepared a topic to discuss today, but I'd like to start with... Um, with like just a I don't know question, like, how are you doing? <laughs> 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 yeah, get that and you. I mean, that's now quarter past three, right? How is your day going?
1: Um, well, not bad. Yeah, it's um, it's it's been a good day. Yeah, I've been doing fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, just
0: is it your day off?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday sort of my day off. Yeah, so it's actually the perfect day for me to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sort of just taking life in its stride, and yeah,
0: mm-hmm. great. And how do you usually spend your days off? You know, kind of is it like are you kind of couch potato? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't call myself a couch potato, but during my days off, I try to um, catch up on some of, on some of the things that actually make me happy, that actually bring me joy. You know, okay. I don't, I don't often. Well, I love to read, yeah, but I don't often get get the time to do it, and. um... Yeah, so on, on Thursday I try to read as much as possible, trying to catch up on um, whatever series I've been watching, or, mm-hmm. um, maybe watch a movie, or two. yeah, just I guess to try and focus on some of the things that bring me joy. Yeah, that's what I. That's how I try to spend my yeah day. my free days.
0: And you, Julia? Yeah.
2: Well, that's not my day off. Okay. Unfortunately, but uh, I have the only day off. Actually, that's Sunday, mm-hmm. and I prefer to switch off all the gadgets which I have and just to be on my own, mm-hmm. do nothing, um, uh, go for a walk, maybe.
0: Have you heard of that term like a me time?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. you just yes. completely. I yeah. think every person needs that.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree. Do you agree with you? But some people are having some. I mean. Although I know about that, I have some difficulties with that. And fairly recently, I was thinking of um, really teaching myself and trying to get used to uh, switching off all that gadgets. You know, just being completely off uh, and just having my uh, my me time. You know, because even when I have a sort of a day off, um, I still ha- get some message, and I'm. Kind of used to, you know, responding them and just uh, replying as soon as I uh, can. But anyway, yeah, being, uh, having and being able to spend your kind of spare time properly. It's uh, one of the key uh, aspects of a happy life. I would say but and at the same time um, when you love what you do and i guess being a teacher is sort of a bad thing we all are teachers right and i'd like to talk about um teaching today because i think it's obvious um yeah and uh first of all like what's a teacher for (laughs) yeah (laughs) kateta julia (laughs) yeah i really it's uh, interesting i think yeah today we've got a lot of um, gadgets and uh, an access to different materials and uh, literally you you can learn whatever you want but at the same time it might seem that teacher is you know no longer plays a key kind of role in this kind of teaching in, in this teaching process but yeah that's why i'm wondering what's a teacher for
1: yeah that's actually yeah that's a pretty interesting question and mm-hmm. um we actually touched on this a little bit the last time we spoke mm-hmm. and, yeah um yeah, I think a teacher is still necessary, but um, well, a teacher's role is just slightly different. Um, whereas in the past, um, you know, when we didn't have this, you know, information bubble, when we didn't have this um, abundance of information everywhere, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, a teacher was really somebody who had to have all this information and impart it mm-hmm. onto, you know, onto a person. Yeah. But now, um, since all the information is out there, I guess the role of a teacher is not necessarily to just know all of this stuff and, imp- and impart it on somebody, but rather to um, yeah, to serve as a kind of a kind of guide, mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody to kind of guide the person through the mud, yeah, and um, you know, kind of separate the necessary information for that person from the unnecessary information, yeah. And I think that's the the role of a modern day teacher, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it could further evolve, you know, as time progresses so it's a kind of ever changing it's a yeah, yeah. it's it's an ever transforming um.
0: actually i do agree with you but julia do you agree with uh, katata uh,
2: yeah i like i have the same opinion actually and uh, i think since online education appeared and uh, you know everything goes so fast mm-hmm. and uh, the role of a teacher is a bit different. It's not like someone who gives you knowledge, who teach you subjects, but okay. it is someone uh, who who is a guide, and uh, you know, a kind of a psychologist maybe, because um, students choose people by their energy, vibes. I don't know their experience, mm-hmm. and um, I, if I'm gonna choose a teacher. I would uh, definitely bear this in mind mm-hmm. and pay attention to this facts. Um, like today in the morning with our colleague I was discussing like um, what's the difference between professionals who know their subject mm-hmm. and uh, teachers who are just beginners mm-hmm. but they do it really great but for some levels and uh, we agreed that a young, a beginner, a young teacher He's good, but uh, he doesn't have this experience, uh, life experience that uh, mm, people need um, for I don't know, for exchanging. Mm-hmm. Um, because you come to the classroom not just to get knowledge, mm-hmm. to know present simple, for mm-hmm. example, to know the rules, but you come to the person. To, mm-hmm. And do you
0: think that today it's a sort of a main point that think, yeah. uh, that attracts people and it keeps mm-hmm. them keeps them uh, coming and like uh, attending over and over classes? Because to my mind, you know, it's um, and the, again, yeah, very recently I was reading of the it's important of striking that balance between being sort of uh, that. Entertainer, you know, when you have fun and your classes are pretty joyful, you know, and uh, friendly. But at the same time, students should feel that they are that they are going towards something, and mm-hmm. at the end of a class, you know, they will achieve something. So at the same time, it really uh, it turns out to be quite a compli- complicated task to achieve. I mean, that's being entertainer at the same time being a, um, that I don't know person who forces at some point you know to their students to achieve
1: yeah making making the students feel like they're getting you know that at the end of the day they're getting something out of what you're doing yeah.
0: exactly and actually i've uh, you know kind of drawn up a, a, le- a list of uh, teachers like three kinds of teachers and i'd like you now to comment i see that you've never maybe uh, you've never kind of encountered the explainer this is the first the involver and the enabler who comes to your mind, and uh, to which of these kinds, like, do you consider yourself to be?
1: All right. So you said um, explainer, involver, and enabler.
0: Exactly. It's uh, three kinds of teachers. There are three kinds
2: I think. They should be a combination of three types in
0: one. Okay. Well, you mean that one uh,
2: more? <laughs> is there one more type? <laughs>
0: Who is uh, an explainer at the same yes. time, involver and an enabler? <laughs> Mixed type or something. <laughs> you know, according to that statistic, is like the enabler is believed to be one of the mm, successful and at the same time maybe the most practical kind of uh, teachers because that person is a- is enabled to mm, adopt. That certain circumstances, you know. Ah, and so, the, what's
1: what's the difference between an enabler and an involver?
0: An involver, an enabler. I guess it's an um, involver just involves you uh, into that subject and makes it, you know, kind of interested, makes mm-hmm. you interested in it. But at the same time, that person, I guess, is lacking in. In uh, just um, understanding whether um, that person is, you know, uh, fit, fit uh, fits, sorry, of uh, uh, that subject or that pace, you know, of information that you've uh, that you've just said, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah, I guess that's the main difference between involver and enabler. Enabler, yes, that person is good at it. At the same time, that person, as I said earlier, um, is great at uh, feeling and uh, adopting the best. Uh, to certain circumstances, where yeah, that teacher is, yeah. And uh, you, I'd like you now to think of uh, back uh, school days. Let's have a bit nostalgia. And uh, what kind of teachers did you used to like, um, kind of working with? Let's say, like working. And uh, and uh, what kind of, I mean, maybe methods you didn't like? Because everything goes from childhood. So, Julian.
2: Well. Um... Speaking about my school years, Mm I remember a teacher of physics, uh, you know, sometimes she was really aggressive to teach her subject, but um, she gave the information in a really interesting way, and, um, like, even the laziest person would get interested in it. Wow. Uh, So, she was a kind of an involver, I guess. Okay. uh, Who could... um, give some, I don't know, extra examples, not like something, some facts, mm-hmm. but some real examples from life. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is really...
0: Did you have that sort of a hands-on experience? Like, did you, mm, I don't know... Do experiments? Yeah, experiments. Uh, yeah, sure. Wow.
2: Sure. Wow.
0: Because but, but, uh, when I studied at school, we didn't have that kind of things. We we just, we were completely, we were just taught uh, that... Hundred percent theory, you know how things work. That's it, and uh, but and we didn't do we didn't have any experiments and uh, anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what Julia what Julia Sanders actually really struck a chord with me because um, this is a funny a bit of a funny story. So I was I was actually on Instagram the other day, mm-hmm. and um, well, I found um, well, I found a blogger. Okay. Well, he. His main content um, has to do with bodybuilding, yeah. And I, I, don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a clue about bodybuilding. I don't know anything about <laughs> bodybuilding, yeah. But, you know, I watched one of his videos, and, um, it was a really in-depth, um, it was a kind, it was a really in-depth, informative video about, um, you know, modern-day bodybuilding tactics, which, uh, which um, supplements people are using nowadays, and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. he made it seem so interesting that I actually. You know, I found his YouTube channel and started watching other videos. Yeah, so I have no idea about this topic. It's not something I'm actively involved in, but he made it seem so interesting that I actually wanted to, you know, check out more of his stuff. And I think there's um, there's something special, you know, there's something to be said about somebody who can make something, something even, even something that you're not particularly interested in, seem, yeah, seem super interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess... Um, that's sort of the approach that I've always tried to, you know, like make, somehow make grammar seem interesting. Like, what do I have to do to make grammar s- seem like like something interesting, like mm-hmm. something that somebody would want to know about? Yeah. Yeah. And those were always the teachers that I, um, that I gravitated to.
0: That's another, you know, kind of, do not, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're saying that it's a matter of being... A great storyteller, you know that kind of thing. I mean, like um, by telling something or showing something, you you are, you are great at attracting almost anyone.
1: I I think that um, so human beings uh, naturally notice notice passion in mm-hmm. other human beings. All mm-hmm. um, about the bodybuilder guy, right? I think what attracted me most was that he was passionate about mm-hmm. what he was talking about, and that passion kind of rubbed off on me, you know mm-hmm. I could feel it mm-hmm. and that hooked me yeah. in and yeah. I think when you're passionate about what you're doing, it naturally kind of spreads to the people that you're talking to yeah okay, and yeah. so I think first to be passionate about what you're doing, and you know <laughs> you'll find magically in time it'll just it'll just spread all over
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, I see That's- I
1: mean it's And it's funny, like this, this, you know, it's so fundamental that it, it, it spreads to all facets of life. I mean, it's think about politics, right? Think about all the greatest and most charismatic politicians. Yeah. It was the people who were, who had a certain fire, you know, in their, who had a certain fire in their blood, you know, people who were first passionate about what they were doing. And so they were able to convince people to follow them. Yeah. So it's, I think it's just a natural human tendency.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you know, something to add. Uh, Speaking about kids, children, teenagers, they always should be impressed. Mm -hmm. This way the information will be just right, in the right cell. Um, And uh, the person, the teacher who has passion, he will definitely um, strike into that, I don't know, (laughs) thing in the brain. <laughs> I see.
0: Yeah, that idea. Okay. Um, well, okay, that's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, I'd like to talk about, yeah, great that you touched upon that point that it's uh, great to be passionate of, you know, of something that you love. And uh, do not you think, okay, what, what a teacher might be passionate about? I mean, what is there to be passionate about being a teacher? being proud of your students being I mean feeling because when you're an athlete let's say right you mm-hmm. might be passionate of achieving of growing and you know and at the same time being famous and getting that fame and uh, and so on and so forth but what if like you are just doing something uh, let's say mm, kind of routinely you know and it's sort of a learning I mean in, in anything it's a, it's a long run right and it's a, to my mind it's pretty difficult to to remain passionate of uh, of something, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong please.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So um all right, so how to stay passionate about something that's sort of routine, right? I mm-hmm. guess um I think that well passion um if you think about relationships between people, right? Okay. Know, um a lot of relationships, you know, quote unquote, quote, you know, quote unquote, grow stale, right? Because um, um, I think you have to be willing to put in the time and effort to be to be creative, right? Mm-hmm. I think that a certain effort, a certain amount of effort, has to come from within you to to um, you know find creative ways of um, of explaining things, explaining topics, for example, um, find creative ways of approaching certain topics. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think that, I mean, passion doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of, you know, constant kind of active creative engagement with whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Okay. And, um, um, you know, just like in the relationship metaphor that I brought up, brought uh-huh. in, I think that a lot of people think that just by remaining passive, you know, the passion will just remain there, you know? mm-hmm. and then they quickly discover that, oh, it. You know, without any, you know, w- without any sort of effort, you know, it just fades away very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think there has to be some kind of constant crea- creative engagement with whatever it is you're doing. Yeah.
2: So a teacher is a creator. A yeah. A is a
1: creator. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. A teacher is definitely a creator.
0: Great. So, um, again, uh, back to our teachers and school days, um, yeah, and, uh, we discussed a little julia told us about teacher that she did not used to let's say like working with right but as for the you know did you have that experience with teachers uh, no matter, like regardless the top, that subject um uh, that really inspired you and uh, you liked uh, and uh, you know seeing them and working with them and interacting with them in all senses cuz to my mind you know it's very important at school days when a teacher is really creative as we said and is passionate because through that passion um students you know um who are at some point exposed to that passion they they just, you know, a teacher sparks that fire mm-hmm. and they, nobody knows where that fire goes then. It might be, a person might be really then in kind of inspired and uh, let's say free English, right? Because it's a part of a process you're supposed to watch, listen, read something. And that passion might lead to um, to listening to something. And then it, that listening might lead to being a critic in music or musician, you know, and so on and so forth. Do not you think that in that at early, age and at the beginning um, uh, teachers are kind of really uh, plays very important role and uh, if you have that kind of teachers
2: I remember in primary school I had a teacher so we had one teacher for maybe three years okay and uh, what I remember about her that she was really caring she gave the support that a child needs uh, in early age because it's the first time when the person uh, gets involved into different subjects into science different things and um, it, it's now when you either you get involved or not mm-hmm. actually I noticed that more than children nowadays they are they, they're not interested in schools at all mm-hmm. like when I was a child in my first, Great! I wanted to go to school. Mm-hmm. I was running, but uh, now uh, they don't know. They don't want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Children actually get happy when distance learning is announced yeah, by mm-hmm. the government and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking. here. Yeah.
0: And do not you think that those teaching standards, let's say, mm, have uh, kind of got outdated? That's why students no longer, and let's say, you know, kind of schoolers no longer like it.
1: I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's. Uh, I think that's something obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have. Um,
0: sure. You know, sure. Just kind of,
1: um, <gasps> sorry. I just sort of pin what Julia was saying, I am. Um, you talked about a caring teacher that you had in primary school, and I. Um, I always gravitated towards teachers who seemed approachable.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: That approachability always attracted me. Um, a teacher that made you feel like you could approach them and you know engage with them, um, you know knowing very well that you're that you're young and your ideas are kind of silly mm-hmm. I remember that must have been in the ninth or tenth grade yeah I was really inspired by my mathematics teacher and i um i don't know I was doing some I was doing some work I was doing some homework or something and i um I actually thought i I actually thought I invented a new mathematical formula.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I was like, whoa, whoa. yeah, I, I found a different way of, you know, finding like an angle or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember the specifics. But I thought I'd actually invented something new. Mm-hmm. So I actually went to the to the yeah, I actually went to um her office, yeah, and she okay. was the head of the mathematics department. So I went to her office I said, "Uh, Do you have um, like 15 minutes? I want to show you something. (laughs) She she was like, Yeah, sure. And I was like, Look, yeah, I think I've discovered something new. Like, I think I've discovered that I've made the next mathematical discovery. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually spent, yeah, 10, 15 minutes um, explaining to her. Explaining to her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, And she said,
1: uh, She she was just, "Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm." (laughs) And um, she was like, Okay, I'll. I'll tell the other, so I'll go to the office and I'll tell the other math teachers about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously it was, there was nothing really new about it. It was was just a kind of shortcut um, to finding the answer that I happened to stumble upon. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she, she took it seriously. Yeah. She took what I was saying seriously and, um,
0: It's amazing, you know, really, that's when you have that kind of experience, and now being a teacher, I guess, it's so, at the same time, cute, you know, when a student, you know, just tells you something that uh, he or she, you know, has found out, really.
2: You know how I became involved in English? Nope. Um, (laughs) We've just met for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, that was... Maybe in the ninth grade, uh-huh. and it was English class, and the teacher she always asked me to go and stand in front of the whole group and to say sounds like the the mm-hmm. mother, and you know I felt really embarrassed. I felt terrible. Why did she make me to do that? Mm-hmm. And inside me, uh, I was so furious. And Mm -hmm. I decided, like, come on, now I'm going to find a tutor for me and show her that I can, that I'm able to learn English. Mm -hmm. And after that, so it was a kind of, you know, uh, such method, maybe it's not um, ecological, how we used to say, but uh, it worked with me and it motivated me to, to start learning English and
0: Hold on, there were just two ways she either just could force you, you know, just to hate English or mm-hmm. just yeah. love it, you yes. know, yeah. hate or love, right? Yeah. And you just and love you
2: choose <laughs> what yeah. you hate the teacher.
0: <laughs> but, you know, to my mind, I guess it's a pretty, pretty um, kind of risky, I would say, or dangerous way of uh, uh, attracting a child to doing something. I mean cuz yeah just the forcing I
1: mean, yeah it could go either way
0: yeah, yeah it's just the forcing I mean as for even now when I work with adults I'm again adults like I'm trying to avoid that kind of forcing attitude cuz again it's a it's a language you know it's something invisible and uh, you need just to feel it and you can't make a person feel you know by forcing him or her do you agree with me I don't know maybe I've just <laughs> kind of went on my own thoughts I mean just um, um forcing it 's a bad atti- attitude and it just uh, it should be you know like a, like a dance i mean you need to just invite a person i mean and uh, mm-hmm. by setting uh, that a fancy and joyful, talking about kids' joyful atmosphere you just get uh, kids more and more interested in it, and then they step by step um themselves they get um kind get deeper and deeper in yeah. that subject uh-huh. yeah
1: and actually I'd, I'd love to hear what Julia has to say about this because I remember you at some point telling us that you had uh, when you just left university you had a let's say you had a um, a more pushy approach towards teaching mm, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: exactly like that. you should do that Yeah. you must do that you know
2: yeah you see like i, I was passionate i am passionate and okay. this okay. why everyone should learn english come on guys <laughs> Well Now I settled down. That's okay.
0: (laughs) By the way, um, how do you? um, Okay, what's your now? Yeah, now you are just more settled. But do you still um, force your force your students, like regardless, like kids or adults, to do something? Because as you know, again, um, people are different, and some people like doing homework, for example. Some people don't. Like, how do you handle with it? I mean, with do you still force them or you are just more mild, you know, and uh, you're looking for compromise. And you at it while you're thinking. Because, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. because to my again, I'm trying just to be kind of honest with them and straightforward. Like, it's it's like look, it's pretty easy. If you don't do that, if you don't practice, you won't grow up. That's it. You know, it's easy, okay, like easy peasy. You know, and the. But if a person realizes that, then he again either keeps working and then you help him again, or just uh, looks for some justifications like, "Oh, I was late. I have no time." Blah blah blah.
1: Well, um, I, uh, so all right. So let's say you you know you're a teacher and you have a student, right? Okay. You know, I guess on one level, on one level of, of analysis, there's. Um, there's a certain kind of contractual obligation that's formed between the teacher and student. Mm -hmm. um, Just out of common, you know, just out of common decency, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Out of a sense of duty, I think. um, Obviously, there has to be some kind of imperative to do homework, do tasks, and and so on and so forth. Just, you know, not even out of forcing, but just because, you know... um,
0: You're supposed to
1: well because you're supposed to because there's there's a kind of like I said you have a contractual Obligation Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, but on the other hand um, I mean you can't force somebody to you can't you can't force somebody to love the language. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think that It really is only out of love that you know a beautiful flower can Mm -hmm. you know grow out of the soil? Mm -hmm. and um, I think what you're really trying to do is to try and make the person fall in love with what they're doing, mm-hmm. I don't think that forcing oh, can ever get somebody to fall in love with, sure. with with the language or you know or otherwise.
0: I see. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah, agree. I agree.
2: agree. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's it not about the force. It's it's like um, to show uh, the person different ways that um, how he can learn, how he can study. And uh, being a creator, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, the person, the student, if he really needs that, okay. he will get infected, you mm-hmm. know, with this. Uh, if no, he will leave you and just he will find something else that he really likes.
0: Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, it's something kind of inevitable, right? You either yeah that person, I mean, like an English learner, as we talk about English, um, either just. Um, Um, takes into account whatever you tell him. I mean, by saying whatever, I mean like these different ways, right, to achieve your goal Uh, or just uh, goes away, right?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, what happens with children, right? I feel like it continues into adulthood. So, Mm -hmm. you know how, um, you know, a modern-day child is raised, you know, children are raised in such a way that they kind of get a feel of, all right, so you take them to ballet classes, for Mm -hmm. example, um you know once that's done you take them to english classes then afterwards you take them to i don't know like native russian dance okay uh, dance class Ball and then, class. yeah 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 like uh uh-huh. okay. um then you take them for piano lessons yeah you just kind of expose them to all sorts of different stimuli to all okay. sorts of different things and you know whatever latches onto them or latch on and whatever doesn't doesn't yeah and it's almost like the same thing kind of applies to adults it's I like see. you know we as English teachers just here to kind of offer them that possibility, you know, um, and um, you know, show them different ways, as as Julia puts it. And if you know, if it catches on with them, you know, if it strikes a chord with them, yeah, then they'll take it. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then mm, they'll go in search of something else, elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. something that'll be appealing to them. Yeah, appealing to them and their their character, their personality. And it's also it's all about Yeah, trying to, you know, get a feel of everything,
0: yeah. I see now. Okay, great. That's, I am a bit, uh, you know, like, um, mm, interested in it because really, uh, like, uh, the longer uh, I I, I work as a teacher, the more and more um, kind of questions maybe and uh, uh, really it, 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 Turns out to be sort of a maze to me, you know, like where I'm just trying to find some methods which better work and uh, with different people. Um, if you've got, if you've got the question, by the way, you're welcome to ask us, maybe.
2: Oh, you know, at this moment, I have the question to you. Like, what do you think?
0: Ah, I think, or <laughs> well, I don't know. Just uh, again, as I said, I'm pretty um, open-minded in that case. I mean, like. I remember starting at uni and uh, you know we had a bunch of professors uh and uh, you know and uh, again at the beginning of my teaching practice i kinda somehow i referred to them i tried to copy their way of teaching and you know I think it's something um kinda inevitable and uh, yeah and then i-, re- I like analyzed and uh, they came to the conclusion that um most of them are pretty straightforward and they have like um Soviet Union, and there's even a method which goes like, um, mm -hmm, where is it? I've just written down it. It's um, translating and the teaching, yeah, grammar translation, grammar translation teaching method. So (laughs) where you're supposed to read,
2: translate,
0: read, translate, you know, and I (laughs) I, I, I really hate it that way because I I couldn't get the point like uh, why I need to translate that if I you know if I study English I mean I, I came here to study why I need to translate it and um, um, so then I sure it, it, that's why I realized like um, when I start teaching I would I would certainly wait um, kind of asking my students to translate because I you know as I said it's a complete to my mind it's completely pointless and uh, then I just realized that so it's a really um, being a teacher uh, and uh, you should be kind of friend at the same time a person who can like a torch you know show where that person should go and if that person inter- is interested he you know he or she again is like is is very likely to go there that's what i think it's like mm-hmm. a, i'm like a, like a torch you know
2: i uh, you know sometimes students get lost they don't understand uh, where they are going mm-hmm. like, they feel that oh that's enough or maybe like you know they can have uh this depression mm-hmm. what for? Mm-hmm. And uh they start missing classes or being late, coming mm-hmm. late, uh and uh in in this time they need support. And mm-hmm. and maybe this time you need to tell them why you're studying English, uh what for? Mm-hmm. Try to remember their goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that. So maybe in this situation
0: you should use this force. I see. By the way, there's a great that you touched upon that thing, uh, setting goals. Do you think that it's extremely important to have a goal? I mean, when it comes to um, not, I mean, just achieving your like goals as a professional athlete, but like a learner, it's important to set a goal so that you feel that you're growing or you just need to just uh, let it go and uh, we'll see at the end of the day that's... You, you are fluent in English or Spanish, Chinese. So, Kreda, what do you think?
1: <laughs>
0: Did you get my question? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I got your
1: question, yeah.
0: That's, uh, again, because I'm a bit skeptical, a bit skeptical because mm-hmm. I partly agree with setting goals, but I don't think it's a really mm, practical or maybe efficient way to consider that as a as a really, I mean, as a, syn- a synonym to achieving goals when it comes to sports, you know? I mean, I don't think that it works in that way as well. I mean, when you are just a, a learner, right, you, yeah, you're supposed to have that chief goal, like um, to immigrate or to, um, just to, when you go traveling and feel comfortable communicating with with foreigners and so on. But at the same time, like a setting it like a monthly goals, weekly goals and annually goals, I don't think that it works in that way. Do mm. you think so? You might be disagree with me. Well, what I mean,
1: yeah, I. um Completed. I guess I'll, I'll answer your question with a question. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, how? Um, you know, language learning is kind of it's. Um, it, it's good that you introduced the um, the idea of athletics, right? Mm-hmm. Where goals are kind of concrete, whereas mm-hmm. learning a language is a very abstract endeavor and. How do you how do you set goals mm-hmm. with regards to learning a language? I suppose is my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, I don't know. I should be able to read um, read and understand, uh, you know, a certain type of book. Or I, I don't even know how yeah, you do I it, know. to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, as uh, taken um, into oh. consideration some cases of our students, mm-hmm. why they start learning English Mm -hmm. because they need to move to another country or it's work that Mm -hmm. forces them to study English Mm -hmm. or uh, there is another group of people who just do it for pleasure Mm -hmm. and that's it or or speaking about kids and teenagers their parents Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. push them to study English so that's why Uh, the goal is um, to get promoted for example and that's why
0: people decide to start learning mhm mm-hmm. i see i see that they are they are dif- different but again let's say uh, talk um you know uh, regarding your what you said i guess it's uh, clear to th- to see and to set these concrete goals when it comes to let's say um kind of grammar for example like by the end of this kind of month or uh year yeah i i i, I must be able to use Present perfect tense, present perfect continuous, m- and I so on. I must
1: be able to use
0: must. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. So, and something like that. It's something clear, you know, but as for um, other aspects, I mean, speaking yeah, and uh, uh-huh. vocabulary, you know, it's uh, it should be in a way like just, uh, I remember, you know, just um, again, as we discussed with you last time, on our last episode, you must, okay, it's great if you manage to create that universe. In which you 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 can practice English, you know, or Chinese, whatever you learn. So and uh, I guess this like uh, this is should be your goal to set that to create that universe. Mm-hmm. And as long as you manage to create it by speaking to people from your from foreigners, by taking part, watching, listening, and uh, reading, you know, and stuff like that. And you, you do that, and you enjoy it. You really like being in your universe. That's, I guess, it's a goal which which is sure to lead you to that success. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah.
0: Great. We found that formula <laughs> of, <laughs> of uh, study. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've got just a bunch of questions. Maybe, again, you've got something to discuss, like, uh, regarding your methods. Um,
1: I guess back to goals, right? Uh-huh. So... Um, you know just by talking to you guys now i've i've come to say i've come to discover that there's um it's almost like there's a there's a scale of abs- of abstraction right okay when it comes to and i feel so how um what kind of approach should you take um if somebody says you know i'm learning english because um i have a very particular exam i have to prepare for or i um I have a job interview,
0: for example. Okay. Yeah,
1: I have a job interview in three weeks. For Something example. specific. Something very specific, yeah, like, you know, laser specific, yeah.
0: Julia? That's. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Once I had that kind of experience with a student who was, who she was going to take uh, IELTS exam, and we had about really four weeks. Yeah. And uh, that's, it. you know, I was, again, pretty, pretty straightforward to, to her, and I said, like, okay, so. Now we aren't studying, English. we aren't learning English, we are just uh, um, trying to uh, get used to uh, taking IELTS. I mean, because IELTS, as TOEFL, you know, has a lot of pitfalls and you have to be familiar with them. You have to know how to do speaking part, listening part, and some tricks you need to, you know, be aware of. So, yeah, there are a lot of things that you... Should be prepared for. So that's, uh, I think, you need to uh, spend these four weeks. Uh, yeah.
1: No, so you have to familiarize yourself, yeah. right, with the exactly yeah, with what it is they're preparing for. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But again, it depends on the goal. I mean, if a person is trying, is, is going to take IELTS or TOEFL, it's, you know, it goes without saying that person is likely to, 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 to speak well and, you know, like well enough, <laughs> you know, because it's weird if you are just elementary or. Uh, pre-intermediate is going to take IELTS. I mean, it's possible, but it's going to be extremely difficult.
1: Well, what if somebody said, um, what if somebody came to you and said, um, okay, I don't um, I don't actually want to learn English, but I want to give a speech in English. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's going to be written down, yeah, but I, I don't really, I, um, you know, I'm poor when it comes to reading English. Yeah. Okay. So I want to work with you, yeah, for the next, I don't know, three weeks. Okay. Yeah, and... Um, you know, until I'm able to read this speech in a, uh, you know, in a semi-palatable manner.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. I had this experience. Oh, <laughs> and come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of my friends asked me to prepare the text to read it with her. And she did it. But, you know, the pronunciation was...
0: Yeah, it left a lot to be. It yeah. left a lot to be desired. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, it
2: was like, let me speak from my heart. <laughs> in uh-huh. this way. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but you know, she did it in a really exciting way that wow. I think all people who were listening to it were attracted and uh, impressed because it was so uh, sincere okay. from, from her heart. From it really was yeah. from her heart again. Yeah. Wow. And uh, no one cared about <clears throat> your pronunciation. Uh, in this case, uh, if someone asked me like... Okay, I had another case mm-hmm. a month ago, my friend came to me and said, Julia, I have an interview next week. Just do something. <laughs> I need your help. Okay. Uh, we met at the cafe. He said, uh, "I need some really. Uh, I need to find a place where it would be really stressful for me." Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's go to the cafe. There will be a lot of people, and we improvised. Uh, we made it as if it's a real interview mm-hmm. and I asked questions. Uh, you should just show the person that he has this or that level mm-hmm. uh, and your role here is just to mm, make them feel more confident mm-hmm. in what they have mm-hmm. and uh, help them to use uh, their knowledge uh, in a confident way and that's it. Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't have enough time to prepare well, but at least uh, these those constructions which we have you can use them freely. I see. And this is the way. Okay. And, and
0: that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's, uh, f- you know, this 45th minute we've been recording this podcast. Uh, and you you told us that you need to go because you've got three minutes yeah. left, right? right?
2: I have a glass. <laughs> okay, so Jill is you. leaving
0: us. Yep, thank you very much for joining us. Really. Wow, that's been Marble Podcast and an incredibly ap- interesting episode with Julia Kuznetsova. Thanks again for joining us. And you, dear listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some knowledge for this episode. Thanks a lot. lot. Cheers. Cheers.